Benny Blanco. Good morning, my man. How you doing? Your dreams have now been fulfilled. You're rocking with the best. It's your boy, Denny Blanco, alongside Randy J. Cruz. It's in the game podcast. We have a very special guest in the building, Randy. Like we always do before the NBA season kicks off and training camp, I got Mr. Ian Begley from SNY. You can find Ian Begley on Twitter at Ian Begley. And I think now on Instagram, Ian, is that breaking news? We got, we got Instagram in the building. Uh-oh. Randy, you know, I, I still need to consult with you on that, man. I'm not there yet, but we, we will be soon. We will. I need your expertise first. Put that in the budget. Listen, man, NBA starts in one month. We're, we're going to get you right and somewhat situated before uh, everything kicks off. Um, well, congrats on, on coming to Instagram. It's going to be fun for you. Uh, for those who are watching, follow Ian Begley on Instagram at Ian Begley. Uh, find uh, Denny Blanco with Sir Denny Blanco on both IG and Twitter. Myself, Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, letter J-C-R-U-Z. Find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, also on Amazon Music. Also, YouTube.com slash Cruise Control Podcast and TikTok, It's in the Game Pod. Go ahead, download, rate, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Show some love and support for your boys on the program. Taping this on Friday, September 29th, 2023. Danny Blanco. NBA, Knicks coming on board, coming up, the Brooklyn Nets. I know you want to get a head start with, uh, with, with Ian right now with that, so go ahead. Yes, super super reporter Ian Begley, SNYTV, right. uh, SNY.TV. Uh, I'm not going to even hold you. The Dame trade, kaboom. <laughs> <laughs> kaboom. Kaboom. Um, were you shocked he went to the Bucks? Well, just in the sense that, we were told it was Miami all along or he, you know, maybe wasn't going to show up and that's the only team he wanted to go to. And that's the only team that the Bucks, I mean, excuse me, that Portland could really get a good deal from. That's what we, that was the reporting the whole time. Now it's usually the case that if something drags along this far uh, and you get this close to training camp, that other scenarios present themselves. And that's obviously what happened here with, Milwaukee and Brooklyn being added to Lillard's list. Uh, but, yeah, I'm surprised. I think the whole league was surprised that Lillard did not end up in Miami. Now, one more question before I pass it off to Randy. Now, people are talking about winners and losers. It's a three-team deal. Got Phoenix, Portland, and then the Bucks. Do you think there are any winners or losers in this particular trade? I have to think the Bucks are winners because not just acquiring Damian Lillard, but also because of the situation with Giannis where, you know, you heard his recent interviews. He was saying very loudly and plainly that he wanted to make sure the Bucks were committed to winning titles before he recommitted to them long term. He's got he's extension eligible. He could be a free agent next two summers from now. So the Bucks were on the clock, right, to make something happen. And I don't think there's a, a bigger move that they could have made than adding Damian Lillard, a person that Giannis has a ton of respect for. So this was a big move for the Bucks in terms of adding a talent like Lillard and also maybe extending your window with Giannis into the combo, getting him to recommit. As far as losers, we still don't know the final haul for Portland. I think, you know, we have to wait until the Drew Holiday trade goes through to see what they can get for Drew. But Phoenix, the one thing I would say is it's disappointing what they got back for DeAndre Ayton, number one pick in the draft. Uh, a player with immense talent. 
just never really worked out there in Phoenix, especially the last couple of years. So it is surprising that they didn't get more back uh, from from this trade. But uh, here we are, and they have plenty of talent to compete for an NBA title, even in the aftermath of the trade. So let's see how things shake out. Ian, I told I told Randy, uh, I told Randy, yeah, Giannis pulled a Kobe. <laughs> I told, I yes. said, I said. I said, Randy, Giannis yep. pulled a Kobe. For those, yep. that don't know, for those that don't know, Kobe literally, you know, at one point was like, trade me, Lakers. You don't make no moves. And then next thing you know, Paul Gasol just floated into the <laughs> Lakers lineup. Randy, right. go ahead. Um, yeah, so move. Big time power moving out. When we did the show yesterday about the whole the whole trade scenario, I told Dennis that, um, you know, the Bucks played a big chess move where they took two people off the board that could be potential free agents or potential targets like Dame and Giannis because, yep. you know, it's, Ian, you know, we, we, I'm a Knicks fan, you know that, and I see Twitter the whole summertime and once Giannis made the comments about maybe, you know, futures in the air and it's like, oh, could it be a Nick in two years? Could he be a Laker in two years? And it's like, boom, the Bucks in one deal got a top 75 player of all time and a guy who wants to be in a, in a win now situation but it also tells Giannis that we're serious about keeping you and we want to we want to provide you and support you with the talent that you need in order to stay here long term so it's like they they pretty much got a two for one so now I'm assuming if like if they win a championship in the, in the next two years that could solidify Dame staying there long term and also Giannis being there long term I would think so too I would think so too I mean look it has to work on the court they have to win but right now I don't think there's any way Giannis can say the Bucks are not fully committed to competing for championships. So just based on what he said and where we are today, you would think that he's going to stick around in Milwaukee and see this thing through with Lillard through Lillard's contract. You would assume things can happen. Uh, things can change, but that's just, I think the, the logical way to read this now with Giannis and Milwaukee. Mm. And I know D- Denny, Denny's, very big, very high on Drew Holiday, a guy that can, you know, be an offensive threat and also a defensive threat. And then, yeah, you get Dame Lillard. But for Denny, for a little while, he was saying that, you know, oh, the big question is, like, did Milwaukee get better? Did they – are they the same because they traded offense and defense for more offense um, you know, firepower? And I think it's like no matter what, you put Dame and Giannis on the same team – keeping Brooke Lopez and keeping Middleton. And obviously if everybody's healthy, you know, they could be in, in, in the final four in, in the NBA, or at least uh, to the NBA finals. Do you feel like the Bucks got tremendously better? Do you think they stayed afloat or do you think the impact of Drew Holiday will show with him not being there no more? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I don't think there's an obvious answer. My feel though, is that, just the way Lillard opens things up on offense and he can force defenses, excuse me, to extend the floor and spread out. And that just changes so much for the Bucs offensively. Um, so, you know, they, I think that their shooters will get so many more open looks. Court opens up for Giannis. And I think they're just going to be really, really, really tough to slow down on offense. And I would think the offensive improvement outweighs the defensive slide slightly, uh, you know, mm-hmm. defense wins championships. So there's always a concern on that end when you slip or when you lose a player of holidays caliber. But I just think that offense, it's going to be such a juggernaut, so difficult 
for teams to scheme against and try to slow down because you're adding Lillard and the way that he can stretch the floor, force defenses to come out to him and open up opportunities for his teammates. So before Denny goes, um, as of right now, Drew Holiday is still a member of Portland. I know people are, are trying to get his services, especially contenders. You know, we're hearing Boston, Philly, Clippers. Uh, even heard the Knicks might might knock on the door and see what's going on. Is there, in your mind, what could be a best fit for Drew Holiday on, on, a, on a contending team right now? And you look at Philly, right? You know, they need to make a move to figure this thing out with James Harden and to – make Joel Embiid uh, confident that they're putting their best foot forward after the James Harden mess. So I think that, to me, is it should be the team that's most aggressive on him. Obviously, any contender uh, would be very, very interested in Drew Holiday. Boston is right there, too. Talent-wise, mm-hmm. they have the talent to get to the NBA Finals again. So why not go hard after Drew Holiday? Team like the Knicks, you know, they're not there where you say – you're going to make the finals this year without a Drew Holiday. They're not there. Uh, but they want they have a ton of draft picks to trade, and I think Portland would prioritize getting draft picks over players because of where they are. They're, you know, start of a rebuild here, franchise player heading out. So that's where the Knicks could have an advantage in talks if they want to make an aggressive play for Drew Holiday. I don't know if they do or they don't, but they do have the draft picks to entice Portland because I think that's mm. what the Blazers are looking for. Teddy Blanco. You know, Ian, uh, the NBA is a soap opera for me. I like it exciting. I like people moving around, you know, just I like us tuning in every week to see who did what and why. Mm-hmm. But part of the soap opera, Ian, for me, I want I want Holiday to go to Miami. Why do I want <laughs> I want and, and let me tell you why. I want Holiday to go to Miami to team up with Bam. And Jimmy, and I want to see them go against Milwaukee. Oh man, that's my fun. you know, that's my Denny Blanco, the NBA whisperer. I, I Denny just wants chaos, create. he wants I, chaos. Yeah. I need it, Ian. <laughs> I need it for the energy. Talk the, to me. NBA wouldn't mind that matchup either because that's a that's probably a TV ratings juggernaut, so that would be fun. That would be a lot of so, fun. Go ahead, yeah. Pat Riley. I just, Pat I just Riley. can't see. I can't see Miami and Portland getting a deal done after everything that happened with Lillard. Maybe maybe there's no emotions involved. Maybe they say business is business and we're going to talk. But just the way things played out, bad blood, I think, uh, particularly from Miami's end. And uh, I just I can't see them reigniting and getting a deal done. But, hey, maybe I'm wrong. I would love it from a, from a, a you know storyline perspective, Denny, as you're saying. It would just be so much fun to see those two teams mm-hmm. go at it with Holiday as a member of the Miami Heat. You mentioned Holiday. You mentioned James Harden. I think wherever those two land in the East uh, east or West, wherever those two land is going to change things up a little bit um, yeah. in terms of you know, in terms of them being a star, in terms of what they add to their particular teams. And then, I, like I said before, Randy, I'm going back and forth with Randy saying, listen, Holiday's guarding the best guard on the Bucks." So you remove him, who's your defender on the wing? Because Giannis is going to probably defend a, a big. So who's your wing defender on the mm. Bucks? Yeah, you can try and outscore 
So I said, Holiday is going to be a, a, a subtraction by addition when you add Dame. But that's neither here nor there. So James is James is still sitting. Do you even see James going anywhere this year? With the way things have gone to this point, I mean, <laughs> he knows how to make it ugly. And he knows how to force his way out of situations. We've seen that before. But it seems like Daryl Morey is not in a hurry to do any deals. He's not worried about hard yeah. to camp and something happening. So I see this thing at least getting into the you know first six weeks of the season because maybe at that point some team that had high expectations is, is not playing well. And they say, listen, we, we need to kind of right the ship. Let's go ahead and pull the trigger mm-hmm. on Harden. So I think that's where we're at now. I don't think anything is going to happen right before uh, training camp yeah. starts next week. And, and listen, Ian, uh, I saw the schedule. I saw Christmas Day, Milwaukee at New York. It, it was it was going to be a, a, a good game in, in general. Now you add Dame Lillard to that, it's going to be even more of a, of a spectacle, don't you think? Uh, yeah, yeah. It'll be a lot of fun, man. It's always <laughs> it's always fun, that Christmas Day game at the Garden. It's, it's better, more entertaining, more juice when the Knicks are mm. competitive. They should be competitive, but t- – that defense is going to be tested. That Tom Thibodeau defense is going to be tested uh, mm. on, on, on Christmas Day. Unless, Denny, they go out and get your friend Drew Holiday, and then they should be a pretty good defensive team. And that mm. matchup would would have a little extra uh, storyline to it there. Got it. Now, I know we mentioned the Knicks a few times. Uh, you covered him. You've been, you've been covering him for so long. Um, but I, I think in due time, as the years goes by, we're seeing this team getting better and better and better. You know, they made the conference semis last year, lost in game six to Miami. Uh, many Knicks fans feel like Knicks should have made the conference finals. Um, if you ask me today, I think they have a high chance of getting to that point. I, I, obviously, I know what Boston has done. We just seen what the Bucks have done. Philly is still teetering. You know, I think Miami takes a step back. Um, you know, Cleveland could still be in the mix, but the Knicks beat Cleveland. And just a, just the bottom line, Ian, you know, the Knicks have a team of, of depth. You know, the, the athletic um, wing shooters, um, defensive bigs, and I think they they're getting that playoff experience. Now you're going to training camp. Um, what? should be the realistic expectations for this team? Is it conference semis? Is it now the conference finals? Um, what are the realistic expectations as we speak on September 29th? Yeah, so now you're talking, if you're talking about conference final, right, you're talking theoretically about beating either a Boston or a Milwaukee to get there. That's a tall order. Just as everything sits today on paper, um, yeah. you're going to have so many things change over the course of the season, injuries, trades, what have you. But, excuse me, as we sit here today, a couple of days ahead of training camp, on paper, I, I don't see the Knicks getting to the conference final. So I see them, you know, getting back to the second round, but then running into a Boston or a Milwaukee, and I don't think they could get through either of those teams' seven-game series as we sit here today. So I think that's kind of their, their ceiling for them. I think they'll win around the same amount of games. They won 47 last year. They should be around that this year. And uh, But I think that the test will come in the playoffs when you run into one of those two teams that we're talking about with the depth and the talent and the pedigree. And I just – maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Knicks take a bigger step than I can see them taking and they could leapfrog a Boston or a Milwaukee. I just – it doesn't seem like that way right now. 
And I think the best chance that, that, that they can maybe avoid them or get to a conference finals, the Knicks were fifth last year. And so you're trying to tell me they got to be at least a top three team this year, record-wise. Yeah, I mean, look, they. I think it just depends on where the bracket is, where Boston and Milwaukee is in the bracket. I don't think yeah. if there's some, some scenario where you can avoid facing them until the conference final, I mean, that would be another team upset, either Boston or Milwaukee. It's, it's just, to me, it's that simple, regardless of where they finish. Yeah, you want to finish top three so you can avoid those those two teams. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, tall test for every team in the East in the wake of the Damian Lillard trade, and and they got better. Maybe they got worse defensively, as Denny points out. Well, but I think overall they got better, and it just it makes it more more difficult for each team in the East outside of uh, Milwaukee to get something done. Denny Blanco, I see how you strategically, Randy J. Cruz, uh, left the Nets to me, drive Turkey. So right. this was going to happen, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Leading off, in um, I have jumped ship from the Nets. They used to be my my team. But because of past uh, uh, decision making, you know, I have to jump shit. But I want to read a quote to you real quick. There's a quote from Jacques Vaughn, current coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. If Ben is able to play consistently at a certain way, there's no doubt then that he should have the basketball in his hands. Jacques Vaughn quote. I, I keep reading he's 100%. But then I keep reading ifs at certain way. There's no doubt. As a Nets fan, a casual Nets fan, that could be very confusing. Mm -hmm. Let's say you, Mr. Ian, super reporter. Yeah, I think what it, it, you know, they have to hedge, right? They have to hedge because. Why? That's the question. Well, Hmm. well, based on the last two years, right? Because he's healthy. Mm. He's playing five on five. um, Everything looks good, but they've lived through this the past couple of years where. It's been like mysterious, not mysterious injuries, legit injuries mm-hmm. that have kept him from playing. And so I think that's why you're getting the caveats. That's why you're getting the qualifiers with him from Jock Vaughn because they don't know. They don't have a body of evidence to give them confidence that he's going to be there. He's going to be healthy across 82 games, playing at a certain level across 82 games. That's, I think, why there's a hesitation to say, Yes, the ball's going to be in his hands all year. Yes, we're going to rely on him to do X, Y, Z. As a casual Nets fan, that, that casual <laughs> Nets fan, and I'm, I'm not one anymore, but a casual Nets fan uh, could obviously sit back and say, well, I'm very confused. This is going to be, I mean, with everything they've added, you, you, Mikel Bridges coming from USA, you know, having that confidence, and you got Spencer Dinwiddie there. You got a bunch of young, young, young upstarts. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, where they go from here. But I have one last pivot before we get you out of here. We covered a couple things, but I want to get your take in terms of the NBA. There's a lot of duos that's been formed. We just got Dame and Giannis mm-hmm. as the duo that was just formed. Question is, who has the best duo in the NBA, in your opinion? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. Let me, just, let me just, yeah, let me just name off a couple of names if you want, just to give you an idea. Curry Clay. Booker KD, Murray Joker, AD LeBron, Giannis Dane, Kyrie Luca, Ant-Man Cat, Fox Sabonis, Kawhi PG-13, Tatum Brown, mm. Bam Jimmy. Mm. Wow. Now, 
Yeah, that there's no right or wrong answer. NBA Jam, Denny. That's what you want to do. NBA Jam. Uh, wow. I want to say Luke and Kyrie because uh, I think they're going to mm. play really, really well together. Now that they've had mm. a full training, they'll have a full training camp together. They've had an off season, off season, and so I want to say those two. Um, but I, I think you look at Damian and you look at Giannis and you look at how that changes things on offense for Milwaukee. They're going to have to find a way to get stops. But uh, I think right now that I would consider them the best duo in the league on paper. Uh, it plays out on the court. We'll see how it plays out. But I think on paper. They're the best duo in the league, but I really do want to say say Kyrie and Luca because I think they're going to have a really good uh, regular season if they both stay healthy. As hmm. a defensive, Randy, before I, before you go, as a defensive defensive strategy, <laughs> looking at these duos, I'm looking at myself. Say, who's the the duo that I would want to see the least? Mm-hmm. And I'm like AD LeBron. I'm like AD LeBron. But then I look at Damian Giannis. I'm like. I'm like, do I want to see them in a pick and roll every single possession? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, thank you. No, nope. I don't want to see that every. I mean, I look at Cat Ant Man. I'm like, eh, Fox a bonus, possibly. But Randy, I don't even know if I'm able to pick uh, 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 the best duo. I mean, Tatum and Brown. Yeah, I mean, that's, mm, that's tough. That's yeah, tough, right? Randy, yeah. you have one. You have a duo. Uh, r- right now. On paper, it could be Dame and Giannis, just from a pick and roll standpoint. Uh, offensively, like you know, you can't you can't double Giannis. If you do, then you got Dame right there. Dame can mm. pull up from 40, 50, 60 on you. <laughs> um, you know, Dame, logo Dame, logo Dame. Listen, I would love to see Dame pull up from the Buck logo half court and be like, "Oh shit!" You know what I'm saying? So, um, AD and, and LeBron. They've won a championship together. Obviously, Joker and Murray has won a, a chip together. So you don't want to put them down the ladder. Tatum, Tatum and Brown. You know, Brown got the big contract. He's the highest paid player of all time now. So we'll see what Tatum gets. But, uh, Ian, I got two more before I, let, I, I get you out of here. Yeah. Um, talk talk to me about this Nova connection we got going on with the Knicks. You know, they got hmm. uh, DiVincenzo. Um, they re-signed Josh Hart. Uh, well deserved, and obviously they they got Brunson. So how is what's your um, expectation for this this trio coming on with uh, with the Knicks? You know, don't forget uh, Ryan Archer Diakono, too. Yes, another yes. Nova connection. Yes, uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of Nova on the Knicks. You know, I think with with that trio, the, the how I see kind of benefits there is. They've won together in college. They know each other really well. So there's mm. going to be peaks and valleys over the course of an NBA season. It's inevitable. But the ability to kind of weather those those tough moments, those tough stretches, and to, to get through that as a group, I think, you know, those three are going to be able to do that. And maybe that permeates throughout the rest of the locker room uh, because they have that history together. So I think that's where – uh, my mind goes, you know, on the basketball court, we know the strengths of each player. We know um, the weaknesses of each player, but just off the court, weathering the tough moments in the course of an NBA season. I think that's, I see value there with those three in their history and now being in the same NBA locker room. Mm-hmm. And uh, my last one, Ian, um, you know, we last summer, Many people were like, oh, you know, 
Knicks got Jalen Brunson. They could have got this, and they gave like bad grades and no and everything. And he proved a lot of people wrong last year. Um, should have mm-hmm. been an All Star. Should have been an All Star. Um, so I know. And then we seen the work that he put in in the playoffs in in round one against the Cavaliers and round two against Miami Heat. He was putting that work um, and proved a lot a lot of doubters wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you come so you come into year two with Jalen Brunson. Um, you know, even year five with R.J. Barrett, two guys who who could both be an all-star at some point in time with the Knicks. Um, what is what is your expectations for Jalen Brunson? Your expectations for R.J. Barrett? Where now it's like you know you're passing the baton to these guys who are the, pretty much the main focal guys along with Randall, who had 25 and 10 last year, and people still downplay him. Like these guys can put the ball in the basket. Um, What's your insight for this 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 big three in New York with RJ Barry, Randall, and Brunson in Brunson's second year now with the team? Well, I think you're getting you're gonna get more of the same from Jalen Brunson. He is he's consistent with the way he approaches his craft. He's mm. he, he's very steady. So I think you get more of the same from Jalen Brunson. I think the what surprised so many people is nobody saw him do this in the league before where he had the ball in his hands. Night in and night out, he was relied upon to score, uh, to legion scoring night in and night out, and he delivered. And so I think you see more of the same there. The interesting thing for me, Randy, is my read on those three in particular last year was R.J. Barrett kind of took a, uh, uh, I don't want to say backseat, but like he did, he allowed Randall and Brunson to take shots to take opportunities um, at his expense. And I don't I think he did a good job of kind of not stepping on anyone's toes and allowing that to happen. So I wonder now, does he come into this year uh, a little more comfortable in his role, knowing what to expect? Does that help him as a shot maker? Does that help him defensively? Just having a little bit more clarity on what it's going to be like with Jalen Brunson and with Julius Randle uh, sharing the floor with him. So that, that is what I look at with R.J. Barrett. I don't think, you know, he's going into year five. So is he going to develop uh, into a, a knockdown shooter? Haven't seen the evidence yet. He does it in stretches. That's always going to be a question with him. But for me, it's more like fit and how you fit into your particular role here. And does it help you now that you've gone through one season of that uh, coming into training camp year two? Mm-hmm. Uh, last one, uh, betting man. Does Brunson make the All Star team this year? <laughs> My, wait, who who's putting the bet down? Me or Danny? I, I no, would. Ian, I am. Your money, Ian. Your money. Your money. Your red <laughs> money. Your red money. I if I was betting, and I don't bet, uh, not allowed to bet. But if I was betting, I would say no. Unfortunately. Mm. Because look who just came in the Eastern Conference. Oh, that that guy, that that damn guy. Yeah. If that's not an early, if that's not an early, early um fan vote slot, mm-hmm. one, two, three. I don't know what is. It's like Curry in the other side. It's like really, you already got True. the slot for Curry. It's slotted yeah. in. Book yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's why I'd say no because of that. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe he makes it. He forces his way on there with his play, but that, I, that's you, right. You got to have a spot for Lillard, so it's tricky. It's tricky in the East. That's right. Uh, Danny Blanco, uh, Brooklyn Nets playoffs or no? 
Brooklyn Nets will make the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs, um, yes. New York Knicks, how far would they go? They're going to go to the third round. Conference finals. Yeah, see, that's what that's what we talk about, Ian. That's, that's, that's what we do here. Conference finals. New York they're Knicks, gonna go con- they're gonna, Conference finals, they're going to take an L to either Bucks or the Boston Celtics. They All need right. more. All right, we'll see what happens. Um, either way, Ian Begley, man, you know, it's always love. This is a time honor tradition, like the Masters, you coming on before the NBA season. <laughs> your insight, SNY TV, you do a great job. Uh, um, if those who don't tell you enough, they should whenever they, they they tweet with you or see you in person at the Garden. I know we see each other all the time, but you do a great job. been doing this for, for a very long time. We really appreciate your time coming on here. And I hope. The Knicks have a great season where you can start working until May, mid-May, and one day in into June. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> one day, one day. One I really day. I appreciate the kind me. words, man, and thank you very much. I always love talking hoops with you guys. Part of me wants to be working into June, but then I think about uh, my poor wife who would have to be watching my kids so much. And I'm saying to myself, let's give yeah, it a couple balance. years. Balance. Let them get older, yeah. and then uh, I could be working into to late June, mid June. So, anyway, fellas, thank you for the time. Always great to talk to you, and uh, have a great no season. No problem, man. You can follow Ian Begley on both Twitter and now IG at Ian Begley, Denny Blanco, I Sir Denny Blanco, myself, Randy J. Cruz, R E N D Y, letter J C R U Z. Again, find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube.com slash Cruise Control Podcast. Also on TikTok at It's in the Game Podcast. From Randy Cruz, SNY's Ian Begley, and Denny Blanco, It's in the Game Podcast. We out. It's in the game, you heard? Yes, sir.